I am very excited to be joined by a queen that describes herself as hilarious, beautiful, talented, and of course, very humble. She took the crown in season eight of RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm thrilled to say that Bob the Drag Queen joins me now. Bob, I am so excited to have you on the Bellissimo Files. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Bob, do you ever get used to that? That that feeling of perfect strangers knowing who you are and getting excited by your presence? Um, I guess I am a little used to it. Uh, I am shocked that it hasn't, um, maybe not shocked, because I, you know, I do continue to do work. Like, I, I keep myself in the public eye. Um, but I guess I am a little shocked that, like, that my drag raceness is still, like, so prevalent. Like, I, I mean, it, it's a testament to the power of the show itself, you know? Yeah, but hold on a sec. You weren't just in Drag Race. Like, you took the crown. So. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You go down but, in history. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah I'm, I'm definitely in, in the drag history books, which I'm very grateful for. Um, and honestly, I'm just, I'm just happy to be included <laughs> in, in all the, you know, the fun and the shenanigans that goes on in the world. I'm really, I'm very, very proud of my, my tenure as a drag performer. Well, so you should be, because you were phenomenal on it. You know, by the time you got there, season eight, you'd seen so many people go before you. Um, you sort of know what to expect. Was there anything, though, that was really surprising? And I know you can't really tell us too much because you must sign these NDAs that are so ironclad that you have to be careful what you say. Well, I mean, whatever I signed is null and void now. I mean, it was years ago. I mean, I was on Drag Race. I filmed Drag Race six years ago. Um, and was there anything I didn't expect? I mean, maybe just the intensity of it all. Like everything, you, everything you, you, you're prepared for everything there, but you just don't know how intense it's going to be. Like, you don't, you have no clue how, when they say long nights, how long, or long days, you don't know how long. When they say, you know, emotionally taxing, you don't know how taxing. So I can't say that I'm like shocked by anything that uh, I experienced when I was there. Except maybe, except maybe like how intense it was. Whatever you expect, just multiply it. Where do you get that? I don't know. Like, I think when you have the talent, which you do, um, it's one thing, right? But when you have a camera on you and you know everything that is at stake, there is that extra pressure. How do you not fold under that pressure? Well, I don't know. Um, well, I really like competition. I really like pressure. I like high pressure situations. I thrive under pressure. Um, so I get excited when when is it when we have to, you know, put our nose to the grindstone and really work hard. I love that kind of environment. Can we go back to the very, very beginning? Can we go back to the time when you left? Very, the... um, very uh, uh, Julie Andrews of you. <laughs> <laughs> You're lucky I didn't break out into song. Uh, <laughs> um Let's go back to when you headed to New York, two suitcases, $200 in your pocket. Where did you get the guts to do that? Well, I, I was never really afraid of being broke because I had been broke my whole life. So I was never really like, a, I was like, what's, gonna, what's the worst? I could just be broker and then go back home to Georgia. Um, so I just thought to myself, it could be really like, and I just never really saw a an outcome where I wouldn't succeed. Like that wasn't 
that that idea that notion didn't even make sense to me like i was like why would i go why would i go to new york city and not succeed that doesn't even make sense that doesn't even, i can't fathom that you went over to be a stand-up comic and an actor yeah so when's absolutely the, when's the first time you took to the stage in drag so the first time was um 2009 2010 2009 um and i was doing stand-up comedy at the New York Comedy Club. And that was my first time in, my first time going on stage. I went to Pride before. I did go to Pride and drag once, looking a fright. And then I went to um, the, to do stand-up at the New York Comedy Club. Um, and that was my, that was my performance debut in drag. Yeah. Well, and and what, was it always Bob or is Bob evolved? No, so back then my name was Kitten with a Whip. So I took the stage as Kitten with a Whip, which is a which is an old Anne Margaret movie. Um, and I yeah, I took the stage as that you know pseudonym. And um, I, I was Kitten with a Whip for like three years, and then finally I was like, I really feel like I need to change my drag name. And I told all my friends I wanted to change my name to Bob. And they were all like, oh my God, whatever you do, don't do that. That name is so bad. And I was like, well, then now I have to do it. Like, I have to. <laughs> what was it about drag? Like, was it the first time you got onto stage that you went, this is for me? Well, I had been on stage. So drag was not my first time on stage. You know, I went to school for theater. I was a community theater kid. I did high school plays. I wrote, I did, I had a short lived career as a slam poet in Atlanta and in Columbus, Georgia. Um, I, I had like quite a bit of, um, you know, a history with performing and, but something about drag, I really uh, thought to myself, I've, I've never been this good at anything. Like, I just thought like, I, this really highlights all of my best like assets. Like this really is highlights everything that I'm really, really great at, you know? There's something about drag. Um, I was watching We're Here. And mm -hmm. I actually got really emotional because I forgot how much. Yeah, it does that. We're here. We'll do that to you, honey. <laughs> oh, but, it, but it's everything. It's everything, right? It's it's the stories. But even it was just, you know, where everyone got up stay, on stage and performed. And what made me cry actually shocked me. It was the reaction from the audience. It was the way that drag can make us feel. Yes, you, the performer, feels amazing up there. But the the joy, the the love, the the adulation, like it, it's just an incredible community to be a part of, isn't it? Oh yeah, I mean, drag is like I'm trying to explain the way this community has like accepted me and like really, especially the New York City drag scene, which is where I'm really from. You're in there and you really like everything you're good at. They just lift you up and tell you that you're amazing and tell you that you're brilliant. And just like root for you and cheer for you, and they want you to win and. And that's what I love about being part of the New York City drag scene. And I'm so lucky that's carried over into um, being on the international drag stage as well. Yeah, but watching that, like watching We're Here and watching those drag performances, I was just watching going, everybody in the audience feels like that. It doesn't matter who you yeah. are, you are accepted. I'm just going, can we not just sprinkle the world with some drag and everything will be so much We're better. trying, we're trying <laughs> to, we're doing our best. And I think what it is, is like when we're out in the world, right? Um, you, you're watching drag queens on stage, you're, you're looking at people who for a lot of reasons should And in this moment, they are, societally speaking, they, it seems like society told you they would not be accepted, but they are being accepted. So it allows you to feel like you can be accepted as well. I mean, I'm just philosophizing here, you know? Oh, but, but I think that is it. And I think 
especially I think watching it this month, June being Pride Month. What does Pride mean to you? You know, I will never forget um, being in Chelsea. I think it was Pride of like 2013 or something. And I was working at a bar called Excess Lounge, which is no longer there. Rest in peace, Excess Lounge. And this guy came up to me, we were doing karaoke, which seems like such a mundane pride thing. Like it was just like a karaoke night. I was hosting, having fun. And the guy came up to me and he says, you know, I live in some small town in upstate New York, which is, people think that New York state is actually really liberal. It's really not. New York city is liberal. New York state is actually quite conservative. Um, same thing with LA. LA is quite liberal, but California, the re- like outside of San Diego, California, San Diego, Los Angeles, Sacramento, San Francisco, all the small towns are actually quite conservative. Um, anyway, so he he was like, you know, this is the only time of the year where me and my partner get to hold hands in public. Like it's just one time a year. There's no other time in the entire year that we get to, we where we live, we have to be closeted and we never get to express our love to each other ever. So it just means so much to me to be ever to be here singing karaoke with you. And that was like nine years ago. Someone told me that. That's really sad because we really do think that, you know, because we do have everybody celebrating and RuPaul's drag race is taking over the world and mm-hmm. we think we've come so far. And here in Ireland, it is so upsetting to see just in the last week we've had one county where in Waterford the pride flag has been burned twice up near Panty Bar there was some really derogatory comments spray painted a couple of doors down from it like just because I suppose what I'm trying to say is it looks like everything's fine and and the world is moving in the direction that it is but it's really not. The root of transphobia, homophobia and um the root of, of those things is really based in um, toxic masculinity often, in my opinion, which is so often ba- boils down to misogyny um, a lot of times. And I also think that um, it is important that we remember that like, just because this one, you know, gay guy came up to me and said that he feels comfortable holding hands at Pride doesn't mean everyone even feels comfortable at Pride. Sometimes trans women don't feel comfortable at Pride because they think it's, you know, that because there seems to be a vibe that Pride is just for cis gay guys. And that's not this, that's not the case. Pride is for anyone under the, under the queer umbrella who, who wants to celebrate their existence, their ability to, um, you know, hear. That's why I really think that shows like we're here is really important. Why did you do how like how did that come about? And what do you get from that show? So I I was uh, reached out to by Steve Warren, who's one of the creators of the show. I was actually just kind of like um, I had just finished a cruise and I was in the airport and I got a cold call from someone. I was like, who is this? And then I answered and he was like, I have a show I want to do, but I can't tell you you have to sign this NDA. I can't tell you about it. You have to meet me at my hotel. And then I met that him. That all sounds dodge. It, you know what? I love a dodge. I, listen, I, I'm used to meeting guys off Grinder, so I'm not above going to a hotel to sign an NDA. Um, <laughs> so, so I went down, and what what really locked me in was when I realized that we it wouldn't because I, I was afraid of it being like queer people go in and fix straight people's lives and leave, but that was not what it is. And once I realized it was actually about amplifying queer voices. And if you like season one, you're going to love season two. We're filming it right now. And it is just, it's really phenomenal. I'm really proud of this season. 
Bob, I know you can't tell me much because you'll get taken off the show and I, I love you on the show, but what can you tell us about season two? Well, everything that you loved about us, the include the inclusion, the um, I'm so proud of how we our representation of the show extends beyond straight cis people. Um, I'm so proud of it that it's not just like we have indigenous people, we have um, Asian people, Latinx people, Black people, people who are differently abled, all in season one. That was all in season one. You know what I mean? We had people from the Navajo Nation. We had, um, we actually had like people who were like, who had different um, quote unquote physical disabilities. Um, and some people don't even realize that some of our episodes, we didn't like, we had them on the show, but we didn't make their entire existence about that thing. Like, I don't know, I don't know how much of season one you watched. Um, I've watched, no, I've only seen, I've seen the first episode and I can't wait to binge the rest. Like I was a mess after the first Bob. Oh, I was still focused. If you're a mess watching it, imagine how I feel filming it. How do you, yeah, okay. Can you tell me how, because I was watching it going, I was sobbing, going, why do they all, like, why is there no mascara running? How are you keeping it together? Oh, well, that we have a a wonderful makeup artist who helped us with all that. Um, (laughs) But like, the thing about it is like, everyone's like, I cried for an hour straight and I'm like well, I shot it for nine days straight so like oh I was a mess for a week and a half <laughs> so how do you look after you during that because I'm sure when you're watching that because that for me was bringing up issues like within yeah. myself right and I'm not a part of the making of that as you said you were shooting that for nine days straight how were you making sure well, that you're okay Gettysburg was actually 15 days. That was our pilot. So we didn't know what we were doing, man. So that was actually 15 days. That was over two weeks of shooting. Um, We check in with each other. We all have teams, you know, each one of us has a team. So Shangela has a designer, a makeup artist, an assistant. Her designer has an assistant. And then we each have producers who produce our stories. Um, And I also call my friends, my family, um, making sure I'm taking care of my mental health. Um, while working on some really, you know, tough topics. Yeah, um, and I think that that's really important as well, um, that you do check in with yourself and with others around you. Yeah, and they have therapists available for us as well. And there's also stuff like sibling rivalry, where you do talk about some of the, because I had Monet exchange on the show last week, absolutely I'm sorry to hear it. that. I'm so sorry to hear that. <laughs> but your, I, your ratings probably went all the way down <laughs> Oh, this week they're going to skyrocket. <laughs> um, I know. I, I love that you can then go and you can make your podcast with Monet. But what I love about it, and this is what I said to her as well, that you can talk about the stuff that is really important. But Bob, sometimes we just need to talk about the frivolous shit too. Yeah, that's what I love about. So, sibling rivalry. We, we talk about everything from reality TV to um, Black Lives Matter, to, I mean, we, we want to have some really emotional episodes where we just really cry. Like one of, one of, if you ever go back and listen to the one about parenting, Monet and I really, oh my God, we had like, we were like, we went in thinking we just like talk about being parents and what it's like to be a parent. And then we just ended up like unpacking our own trauma with our um, parents who we felt did us wrong. And we were not like we did not expect that and it's because we are best friends so whenever we talk we just even when we have an audience we're, we're able to really open ourselves up like I really tell folks if you're going to do a podcast make sure you do this one you love because 
I have done a podcast in the past with someone that I couldn't stand and you get sick of them real quick. Um, <laughs> How long did that for, last? <laughs> I mean, not very. I think we did a podcast for maybe like a, a few months. Yeah. Um, but that being said, being able to work on a podcast with someone like Monet Exchange is just such a dream come true. She's amazing. We were hanging out last night, actually. No way. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Um, you talked about touring, right? And before this pandemic happened, you guys were going to take it on the road. What is happening? Are you coming to visit us in Dublin? So we're hoping to get back on the road. You know, we actually did something rivalry. Did we go to Dublin? No, I think we just did. I think we just did like England. Yeah, you can rectify that now. You can rectify it. We can. You're right. We can. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think we just did like like Manchester and Nottingham. Like, but we but we would love to come back out on the road. I we love performing in the UK. I mean, when Monet and I, when we did DragCon UK, we uh, in the UK and in Ireland, um, and Spain and France and um, Italy. I want to be clear that I understand that there's <laughs> there's a difference. I know that because the, the 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 Irish fans will let you know. And I know that parts of Ireland are in the UK. I know. I'm alert. I know. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when we did DragCon UK, um, we actually decided to do a booth together, which was really, really fun. Um, I'm hoping then, right, so we've spoken about sibling rivalry coming back to here. I want to know, what have you missed most during this, this pandemic, not being able to get into drag? Well, that's not true. Now, I have been able to get into drag because, you know, I hosted two seasons of The Pit Stop during the pandemic. And I also did my own show, Purse First Impressions, where I reviewed uh, Drag Race UK season two. Um, so I've been able to do drag. And, but were you and, dragging? Were you dragging from the waist up, or were you doing oh, no, the whole no. thing? I was doing full drag. If you go look at my <laughs> my um, so my entire houndstooth collection that I did, most of that was in the pandemic. I did a few episodes. We the next episode was like broken up between the pandemic and not. Yeah. Um, that season, but I didn't, I was in my house in full drag, like I, full drag. I am so impressed because I was going to ask you, we're all starting to come out of our houses now. We've been in trainers, in sneakers mm, for the last 15 yeah. months. Bob, I was never good at heels beforehand. I don't know how I'm going to get my feet back into those heels. Any tips? Well, I, you know, I got to say, I'm one of those folks who, because working on We're Here, and I also did a show called Drag My Dad on, on MTV's uh, digital um, Facebook page. Um, and I was one of those folks who just never had a problem with heels. Like I've just, I've just always been able to walk in heels. I put them on and the first time, I mean, there was no baby giraffe for me. I, I was like a, I was, I was just. It just molded galloping. to your foot. It was like Cinderella. Was, yeah, exactly. I was galloping <laughs> first at first step. I was like, this is great. Oh my God. So you have no tips for me. Cause seriously, I have always been Bambi. And I'm really scared of what I'm going to look like when I leave the house. I'll probably just put, who am I kidding? I, the heels are never coming back on. You know, luckily I've always been pretty good at it. And I think that, I do think that practice makes perfect. Like it's one of those, you got to remember also, here's the best advice I can give you actually, walk on your tiptoes. Like okay. the, some people in this crazy world are telling folks out here in, in heels to walk heel to toe. You walk on your toes. Your heels barely, barely even touch the ground. If you can walk on your tiptoes, you can walk in heels. Okay. All right. I'll try that first before. The question is, my... how long can you walk on your tiptoes? Yeah, probably not very long. <laughs> but I also tell folks too, you know, this is some advice Peppermint gave me actually. 
Peppermint was like, you know, as soon as you get off stage, take your heels off. <laughs> she was like, who are you trying to impress? As soon as you get off stage, girl, take your heels off. And I was like, honestly, solid advice. <laughs> you mentioned uh, Peppermint there. I love what you two are doing together for the Black Queer Town Hall. Can you tell me mm -hmm. more about that? Yeah, so we're doing our second annual Black Queer Town Hall, the 26th and 27th. It's going to be digital again. Hopefully, this is our last digital Black Queer Town Hall. Hopefully, next year, we can actually do one in person in, in real life. Um, and yeah, we, we have some amazing talent attached already, and we're doing fundraisers always, always on Twitch. And we also have our um, PayPal and our GoFundMe popping off. Um, and I'm just really, yeah, like, I'm really, I love doing this event. We did it last year, kind of impromptu. We were able to raise a quarter of a million dollars to put it on, which That's I was mad. so, uh, it is mad. It is insanity. In a I'm great very, way. Yes, 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 yes. No, in the best way possible. Um, I was so proud of that project and we decided to, to, get, to have another go at it and do it again. Well, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. And I, I really think this is the beginning of something great as well, because we need more and more of this. Yeah, that's the plan. That really is the plan. We're just trying to spread, you know, spread the word of, uh, of, of Black queer excellence. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. As I love you, Bob, I am so grateful that you've given up your time to chat to us. Um, and I'm going to keep you to your word of you and Monet doing a tour here and visiting I us. want to listen if it doesn't happen it ain't if it doesn't happen blame on and no, I'm kidding no, I, <laughs> no I, I'm kidding no I, I really want to um to be able to make it out there like getting back on the road sounds amazing and I know that once we get back out in the world people are going to just be so ravenous for for shows that that we won't even have to do a good job they'll accept anything <laughs> we, do you know what we will we we miss you guys so much just turn up and we'll just cheer <laughs> that um, will be enough for now noted noted <laughs> actually before i let you go what is i suppose the biggest standout moment of your career so far because there's more to come you know i mean winning drag race was a pretty big moment for me um being the host of an emmy nominated show was a really great moment for me um i think that more than anything it was when whoopi goldberg said that she knew who i was when Whoopi Goldberg said, are you Bob the drag queen? I was like, <laughs> Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon was like fangirling over me, which was so, I was like, what is even going on right now? Well, you've had all those great moments. What, what else do you want? I mean, I want to be able to, um, honestly, I'm really hoping to get to a point in my career where I can use my platform to uplift other black queer creators um hey bob you're doing yes. that right now this is what i love well, about you because you were doing more. that right now i want to do it even yeah. more though like i, yeah. like, I really want to i really want to shondaland this whole thing but with black queerness you know what i mean i i'm here for it we're all here for it cannot wait at bob That's land the goal. bob land bob land, <laughs> bob land. <laughs> and your bob land sounds like the most boring place my name is i forget how silly my name is it's so hey plain. but bob do you know what i love they said it would never happen with a name like Bob the Drag Queen. It would never happen. And now look at you, about to take on your own land. You all listen, you can't see this, but I'm being really smug right now. I'm being really smug. I know there's a video. You all, you all should know I'm being very smug about the whole thing. <laughs> you deserve to be. Thank you. I'm going to say a massive thank you because thank you for the big joy that you bring into all of our lives. And I... Thank you for like being passionate about what you do, but also raising other people up because sometimes oh, people pleasure. forget that. 
I'm happy to. I'm, I do it because I love it. Like, I'm, I'm happy to do it, you know? Well, we love you. Thank you so much, Bob. My pleasure.